I always say that during Advent and Christmas, over at the seminary where I work, I've got the best office because my window looks right over the creche, the manger scene that we have put up there. And especially this year, after about hour seven of Zoom calls or whatever, it's nice just to look out. And I love to watch people come by to look at the manger, particularly when families come, because it's, it's almost life-size and it's really quite beautiful. And just to watch them come by and take pictures or just stop and look, especially when they come with little kids. And earlier this week, there was a family who came and they had a little daughter. She was probably about three or four years old. And just like a laser beam, as soon as they got there, she darted up this little hill that the manger's on. And then I couldn't see her anymore. She must have gone into it. Now, the dad gene inside of me, even though I'm not a dad, but I think we all have that gene. I got up, I said, oh, that's not right. They shouldn't be in there. And I started walking to the door. And then all of a sudden, I realized my worst fear that I was turning into that old man on the block who said, get off my lawn, you kids. <laughs> so I stopped and I just backed up. And I just watched and eventually she came out and then they went on their way. And so later that day, I went down because I just, yeah, you know, I realized this is here every day and I don't stop and look at it much myself. And I looked in, and there was Mary with a mask on. <laughs> now, I don't know if the little girl put the mask on herself or if she just saw it and had to go up there because all of a sudden Mary looked like all the other adults in her life. <laughs> but when I went in there, because I said, oh, I mean, I thought about maybe posting it on social media, and then I thought, oh, the outrage that would come from that probably. So. I sort of went in there to take the mask off, and when I did, I had to sit down to do it. And it's almost life-size, not quite, but that's the first time I ever actually sat in a manger scene and looked up. And if you've never done that before, I highly recommend it. If you don't own the manger scene, you know, ask permission first, but if the owner asks you why you're doing it, just tell them you saw it on TikTok or something. Don't blame me. <laughs> But it's a powerful vision. Instead of looking at a manger scene, to look out from it. And I'd never really had that view before. And I got to thinking, every manger scene that's ever been constructed all over the world has a sign in front of it, whether you know it or not. And that sign either says, no trespassing, or it says, all are welcome, come inside. Because that manger scene and what it represents, Christmas Day, it's a kind of a boundary, it's kind of a border between two different ways of seeing the world. And if you're like me, a lot of times Christmas is scripted and the manger is kind of a museum piece. Oh, isn't that beautiful? Oh, look at all the work that went into that. Or I don't like that one. We just kind of stand back and look at it. And that's what Christmas can become as well. We know the script. We know what it's about. We know what the church will look like. Even today, when it looks so incredibly different from almost every other Christmas Mass I'll bet you've been at. But we knew even it would look like this, because by now, after almost a year, we know what to expect when we walk into church. And the other view, the other way of seeing Christmas, 
is that we're not looking at it, but we're drawn into it. And there's this boundary quality that Christmas has when God erupts into our world. But what does that really mean, and why does that really matter? We know all the right language, but as I was sitting there on my backside in the midst of this manger scene, like I could have been one of the shepherds or maybe even Joseph himself, and I'm looking out, it's like all of a sudden the curtain was pulled back. And I found myself thinking about, well, why does this really matter? And so when I say that the manger scene or Christmas Day is a kind of boundary, well, what's it a boundary between? And I'd like to suggest it's a boundary between comfort and panic. Boundary between comfort and panic. Now, it's not that God isn't present everywhere. He's there in the comfort. He's there in the more fearful times. But when do we engage that presence? When do we encounter it? And by encounter, I don't simply mean, okay, God, I know you're there and I'm here. But I mean really encounter, where we let ourselves be who we are, with all our vulnerability, all our strengths, our weaknesses, where we're willing to pose questions to the other and let them question us, or challenge us, or encourage us, or welcome us. What's it like to have that relationship with God? And so when I say we encounter God at the boundary between comfort and panic, I thought about that this year in a particular way. Think of how, as everything that's happened in 2020 unfolded, it took us into those boundary layers. And by comfort, I don't mean that all of us were living wonderful lives, but still, a life that was more or less familiar, more or less understood. If I'd said to everyone last Christmas, so what do you think 2020 is going to bring, you know? You might have thought, well, I've got to change the tires on my car or something. And none of us saw this coming. And for some people, it did lead to a panic. Let's be honest, for all of us, at least at the beginning, there was a lot of uncertainty and probably a little fear, if not for ourselves and for our families, for somebody that we love. Let's also be honest right now as we sit here in relatively good health. Hospitals are packed all over the world and people are facing fearful choices. And somehow in between those two extremes, we encounter God. So you don't need all the drama of 2020, but at any point in our lives, there are certain things that we'd rather not face. There are certain decisions, there are certain relationships, there are certain causes that can be for us a source of panic. And if we were stuck there, we wouldn't be aware of anything, much less the presence of God. And we might know all the right God language. And we might know that God loves us unconditionally. But in the panic, in the confusion, we'd hardly be aware or encountering that presence. And on the other side of the boundary, comfort, right? When everything seemingly is in place, when everything is following our script, when maybe we've been able to suppress everything on the panic side of the border, even though it doesn't really go away, and, and here we are, it's easy to not encounter God in those times as well. I often say that to the seminarians. Sometimes the most challenging parish assignment you'll ever get is where everything is perfect because then God is just sort of off 
in the stands, kind of cheerleader, but not somebody who is truly encountered. And sooner or later, sooner or later, it's like somebody reaches across from one side or the other of that boundary and says, you've got to face an alternative reality. Life is not simply always panic. If that's where you are, you'll quickly self-destruct. But neither is life always a well-scripted, comfortable zone. And sooner or later, there's an in-breaking of reality. And that, I'm suggesting, is where we have the opportunity to really encounter God. God's saying, come into my manger. Yes, there's uncertainty here. There's fear here. There's maybe confusion Think of how we see it in the Christmas readings. Last Sunday was the Annunciation. Mary, probably feeling rather comfortable initially, here she is, betrothed, about to begin a wonderful life that maybe she's always dreamt of. And bam, into the middle of it comes Gabriel, the virgin birth. And the angel says, don't be afraid. Don't go into panic. I know you knew a comfort that seemingly is withdrawing but I'm here with you if you can stay here with me. So today, Jesus is born, glorious, wonderful, but the shepherds are afraid because the world that they thought they understood and knew is being rocked. And the angel says, if you can stay here, don't be afraid. I bring you news of joy. But as you're walking on the panic side of the boundary, it can seem like anything but joy is waiting for you. And can you pass through that threshold? So what does it look to live like, to live in that boundary? What if you really can't go find a life-size manger and crawl into it? Well, it looks like extending ourselves, maybe with a little more trust than we otherwise would. Panic can often destroy trust, but so can comfort. Let's not kid ourselves. Sometimes we're so comfortable with the way our lives are, we don't want to take any risks. Not just for ourselves, but we don't want to invite other people into necessary healing risks either. And sometimes in the midst of panic, the last thing we want to do is take one more step of uncertainty. We just desperately want to cling to whatever it is that seemingly gives us some sense of normalcy. And God is there in the boundary saying, Let go. I know the fear says you're just going to fall off the edge, but I'm here if you can let go. Lastly, I would just say the reason I think we know deep down in our hearts that this is true is because that's what love looks like. Love that is 100% scripted and uncomfortable very quickly grows stale. And we can pretend that we're happy to be there, but our hearts know otherwise. And love that is only in the grip of fear and can't extend itself to another in trust quickly erodes as well, and it just dissolves into a kind of shattered state. We know what that looks like in our human relationships. I promise you it's no different. In fact, it's a thousand times more true in regard to God. So maybe as a little spiritual exercise as we all move forward on this Christmas day, is just ask yourself, What's on your comfort side of the boundary? There's nothing wrong with being at peace, but we can't kid ourselves, and we know if there's a kind of false comfort, 
a kind of overly scripted order in our lives that we're getting a little nudge saying, just let go a little bit here. There's a truth you need to face. And what's on our panic side of the boundary? Where is fear maybe driving us a little more strongly than it needs to? And there's a voice in our own hearts saying, you know, there's an opportunity here. There's a way out of the panic cave. Take a step in that direction toward that person, making that choice, whatever it is. And I promise you, moving towards the boundary from either of those sides, you will encounter God. That's what this day is all about. So I hope you find a life-size manger somewhere. Maybe it's in your neighbor's yard. Maybe it's in your own. But crawl into it. Or at least imagine that you're crawling into it. And what it would look like to view the world from the boundary instead of always looking at it.